to me, it's about clinging to God's promises, not resigning myself to what my eyes can see and my ears can hear, or what my heart or mind can imagine, but trusting in what God's prepared for us. Having a family is one of our basic desires and needs. Whether it's being part of a family, beginning our own family, or understanding our place in the family of Christ, family is important. Kim and Steve Maxwell were perplexed about why a family didn't seem to be in God's plans for them. Hello, and welcome to the Hill Stories podcast, a space to tell the God stories unique to the people at Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I'm your host, David Wilson. We're sitting down with Steve and Kim Maxwell, longtime members of Chapel Hill, and I'd like to learn a little bit about the two of you. Who would like to start first? Uh, Kim and I have been married for 30 years, 30 years uh, this coming August. So the Lord has really blessed us with uh, that this marriage. Uh, we've got two children, Nathan and Brenna. They are both sophomores in college. Brenna is a uh, basketball player at University of Utah, and Nathan is at Azusa Pacific outside of Los Angeles, although he is currently upstairs taking classes <laughs> online in this uh, age of uh, the COVID virus. But uh, God has blessed us with a great life here in Gig Harbor where we've lived for, what is it, 10 years? Almost 12. 12 years. Oh, I give a quick shout out to Nate because he's doing the worship leading yep. up at Chapel Hill Port Orchard. Mm-hmm. And I'm involved in that. And I love seeing Nate up there on stage doing this thing. So good job for him. Kim, what's, what role are you playing these days? These days and for the past 20 years, I've gotten to be a stay-at-home mom. And that's been a huge blessing. Um, it's something I prayed for for a long time. <laughs> and God has allowed me to do that. And that was the desire of my heart. And I'm so glad it was the desire of his too. <laughs> this is essentially the crux of your story today, isn't it? Yep. Well, I mean, I mentioned that we've got two 20-year-olds. Yeah. They're the crux of our story yeah. as well. So as I said, we've been married for 30 years and the kids are 20. So we went 10 years without children, although... Throughout most of those 10 years, we uh, desperately were hoping to have children. So after we got married a couple years in, we decided it was our time. Let's let's have have a family. And it just didn't work out that way in God's timing. So uh, looking back, we can see God's hand, his providence all over it. But in the moment, you know, 28 years ago, the years that followed, you know, times of being perplexed despair, frustration, waiting. Hopeless. Sometimes hopeless. Mm -hmm. But from this side of the journey, it's it's pretty easy to see God's grace, his kindness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's always frustrating, at least for me, is when I have a plan and my timing doesn't line up with God's. Uh, My initial reaction that I'm learning to adjust over time Time is, you know, is sometimes frustration in that. So, I think that was pretty nat- pretty natural frustration because you know the years went on. Um, you know, we and and we can tell you stories inside of that, you know, eight to ten year journey of childlessness that were were hard. But also, we can tell you the story of how God was so faithful in walking us through it. 
during that time of waiting, we were also getting deeper and deeper into Bible study, both of us on our own. Uh, we were involved in Bible study fellowship and um, learning to um, listen for the voice of God and, and just learning how to yeah hear Him and how to walk with Him and, and do that well. And we didn't always, <laughs> but um, that was one of the lessons I, I think that came about and during that time of, of the years of waiting was how to listen to God's voice and how to trust that he's walking right there beside me and how to trust that his timing is always better. Uh, he's always working for something better than what I would have uh, hoped for or, yeah, even, or planned or even hoped for. So uh, one time I remember I was kind of in a funk. I, even I would almost say a depression I was working, I was a teacher at the time. I taught for those 10 years before we had kids and was teaching third or fourth grade in the public schools in Lacey, Washington. And we had just gotten back from a trip to Hawaii and friends were having babies and that's what I wanted and that was not happening and it was November and it was dark and rainy and it just all kind of created this big storm of depression for me. And um, I, yeah, I'm normally a very smiley, happy person and people were noticing, like I really almost couldn't physically smile anymore. And um, people at work were saying, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. I could not pull myself out of it. But I did know that I was just sad. I was just sad that I, we, we could not have children and I didn't know if that was going to always be the case or not. Um, so I remember one time driving, we lived in Tacoma and I was, commuted to Lacey and back every day and I remember um, driving home from work one day just kind of whining <laughs> to God. <laughs> God why can't I have a baby? All my friends are. Um, but in the midst of that whining this thought came across my conscience that was Kim I have so much more in store for you. And that was the first time I had really recognized at least God's voice speaking to me. One, what struck me was that he called me by my name. <laughs> that God, we are his sheep and he knows us by name. And that just really stuck out to me because when I normally think thoughts to myself, I don't say Kim. <laughs> I usually just have a thought, but that's how I knew that had to be God speaking to me. To Kim, and he had so much more in store for me. He longed to bless me. And it might not be what I thought, um, blessings should look like, but I knew that he was for me, and I knew that he wanted what was best for me, and I knew that he was with me, even in that car, and so honestly from that day on, I felt like I had come to terms with, yes, even if I don't get what I want, it's still going to be good, and I could trust God for that, and from that day on, that, that depression was gone and thank you Lord it hasn't ever come back <laughs> so I realized that God had a purpose for me where I was teaching where I was with the kids I was working with with the friends that I was had at work and at church and it gave me kind of a new passion um, for the work that I was doing as ministry and some things happened out of that like a prayer group in our school happened and our public school happened with the teachers there and found out several years later that someone had come to know the Lord from those times of praying that we'd been praying for. So um, yeah, God just has really 
good things in store, even when they're not what we are thinking or planning for. You're going this period of time without getting the results that you're hoping for, but you're also in a learning process. How are you supporting each other during this time? Mm -hmm. You know, as, as Kim's husband, it was hard on me to watch her be going through the anguish and depression. I mean, I, I was feeling frustration, but probably not the emotional level that she was. So I was hurting and that I wanted children, but I was also hurting and that my wife was going through really hard times. That was difficult for me, but I do remember her coming home and telling me that story. And I remember her, just like she told it to you right there, how she heard the Lord. And um, that ministered to me. Um, through that, you know, that's God's ministry of peace and helped me to rest in God's goodness and his sovereignty. And some of my thoughts at the time, I remember how it was perplexing and confusing and it reminded me that, you know, we serve a God not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. And sometimes we'll be perplexed by our sovereign Lord's plans, but that doesn't, you know, the fact that he is sovereign doesn't keep us from being perplexed and confused, but ultimately he's a God of peace. And, um, you know, we felt that in those days for sure. So, uh, you know, a few years later, my career sent us back down to Portland Back home for me, it's where I grew up. I had friends and family, and we, we loved it down there. And had a wonderful church community, and and Lord blessed me with some opportunity and success at work. And I was able to go on a, a trip uh, with my work colleagues to Florida. But I remember at that time, we were still, you know, yearning and waiting and wondering as to, to what's next. Yeah, and I was slowly guarding my heart. <laughs> preparing myself for what if God, this is a no. And what if we never have children? And um, I think Steve interpreted that, and probably rightly, as me losing hope in um, ever having children. Well, you had told me you had. Maybe. I mean, you had spoken out that you you were shutting down. You yeah. were, I interpreted you, I don't recall what you said, but what I heard was that you were just, one step from giving up yeah probably and i remember he like took me by the shoulders and looked me in the eyes and he said don't give up hope and um that really spoke to me like okay this is my husband <laughs> the head of our family and i need to honor that and so I, that was when i really started trying to turn my heart and open up my heart again to maybe god has children in our in our uh, path someday and try to keep my heart open to that. And then uh, in the Bible study that I was in, we started, we were studying Genesis. And I remember reading the part where Abraham and Sarah too struggled for years to not have children much longer than we did. <laughs> and um, I remember reading the part, I think it's in chapter 11 or 12, where Abraham pours out his heart to the Lord and says, who is going to inherit what you're giving me, God, my servant. And I, I just remember thinking, you know, I, I just kind of broke down his prayer to God and um, realized I'd never really voiced my heart to God about wanting children and, about, and then listening for an answer because in that prayer, God answers Abraham and gives him some guidance on what he's going to do and some clarity. And so I remember from that 
took my Bible, went upstairs to my bedroom, shut the door, laid my Bible on the bed, and said, Lord, I'm losing hope. This was after our trip. Lord, I'm losing hope. I want to be okay if you say no. I want to be okay if you say yes, but I just want to know. I just want to know, Lord. So show me. Show me. Show me something. <laughs> Give me some kind of an answer, God, to what your plan is. And so I just kind of rested in that quiet place to try and listen. Again, uh, this was another thing I was learning was how to listen for the Lord's voice. And again, across my mind, I think the it was Psalm 71.5. There was just an address that flashed in my head. So I turned to Psalm 71.5, opened it up, and it says, You have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. And then I just kept reading that whole chapter, and it was all about David and his hope in the Lord. And verse 14 said, But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And so that just kind of echoed what Steve had told me on that trip was keep hoping. And so to me, that was like the Lord was saying, keep hoping. And I, later on, I realized that in the Hebrew, hope and wait are the same word. And so <laughs> for me, I just felt like the Lord was saying, just be patient. But yes, obey your husband. Keep hoping in the Lord. And so from then on, my heart was wide open to whatever the Lord wanted. And I was ready, ready to wait for whatever he had for us. You were going through a definite process. You started out, you know, obviously frustrated, upset, worried, but then God speaks to you and says, it will be okay. You're assured by this, but you're not sure what direction it's going to go yep. still. <laughs> Where else did this lead you? We went to an adoption, yeah. I guess a weekend, I don't know, yeah, we, on? we just pursued different ways that God might bring a child into our life yeah. we were again we were open to whatever he wanted to lead us in so that was actually a real blessing for us to understand the gift of adoption and what a blessing that is for everyone involved it was yeah it was a here in seattle mm -hmm. that was beautiful mm -hmm. yeah the beautiful conference that we went to but we just didn't feel led that way right that was the end of that <laughs> yeah it's kind of the end of it like that's beautiful we love it. We would support it, but we just don't feel led that way right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, through these years, I mean, the Lord was using this time to draw us near to Him. Mm -hmm. We both grew spiritually in our walk with Him, un undoubtedly so, through Bible studies, mm -hmm. through the local church we were involved with. Mm -hmm. um, in that, that church that we were involved with was very uh, focused on short-term overseas missions. So we were available. No children. No children dying. No, no children well, dying is down. Okay. So we figured, uh, you know, we, we figured if God's going to bless us with children, now's our window. So we raised our hand and went and uh, signed up for what was a three-week missions to Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan's a former part of the Soviet Union. One way to grow your faith is to stretch it, and that was a faith stretcher, and that was a significant part of our story too. Wouldn't you agree on that? So we were on, um, they had different teams that were going mm -hmm. to minister to different churches in Kazakhstan, and we were on the marriage and family team, yep. and we had to prepare talks and testimonies and um, to share with the churches there, and 
And one night, mm-hmm. Steve was sharing the journey of our childlessness and just how God had walked, been walking us with us in that journey and in those hardships. And um, the next day, one of the families that we had kind of connected with, we went and played soccer with their kids, and um, the, the mom of that family came with a gift for us. And we opened it up, and it was a little baby outfit, a little baby boy outfit. And we thought, oh no, something got lost in the translation. They think we're having a baby. <laughs> yeah, because it was all through translators. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was a through, um, they speak Russian and Korean and Kazakh. Yeah. So there's a mix a mixture of languages and English isn't one of the <laughs> predominant ones. And the translator, we didn't know which language was being translated. So we thought they misunderstood uh, what but, we were saying. But the lady said, no, no, I believe God will give you a baby. So we took that gift, said thank you. But the interesting thing was another family came to us with a gift. And we thought, really? this? <laughs> so we opened it up, and it was a baby girl outfit. And we thought, oh, wow, I hope this translated correctly. But she, too, just confirmed, no, we really believe for you that God is going to bless you with a family. And so, uh, you know, we think we are going on these mission trips to serve. <laughs> but no, we are always yeah. blessed. We are the ones. Yeah, and we come back with the baby girl and a baby boy oh. outfit. That... Yeah. And they're sweet ones, a little kerchief, you know, with a Kazakh or Russian. I mean, it probably kindles your hope a little bit more because yeah. of the faith that these families showed in your story. Well, especially when our pastor's wife, who was along with us on the trip, said, Kim. This is a promise from the Lord. That really stuck in my heart thinking, okay, I can believe that. (laughs) But I don't really know how that's going to play out. But then another, at another church, a mom was sharing her story of having a hard time with what God was doing in her life. And I shared with her again what we were going through. And we just kind of as women connected through a translator again. And her, her daughter was in the VBS that was taking place at that church. Um, And so she spent the entire two and a half hours of EBS walking the campus of that church praying for me. (laughs) Just seeking the Lord for me. And when she came back and told me that, it was just like so touching that someone all the way around the world on the other side of the world had been praying for us. So, How far into your marriage were you at this point? Well, the interesting... Eight eight years? No. It was nine years. Nine years. Because we renewed our wedding vows at our ninth anniversary there in Kazakhstan. Seems like something may have happened fairly soon after this trip. (laughs) Yes. Actually, so that was August of 1999. Yeah. So coming back home from that, completely changed and filled up. Um, We also were still pursuing what God's will was. So we were looking now at a medical route. What did we feel comfortable with that we felt like God would use in our lives medically. And so pursuing that um, around January 1st of that year. So this is mm-hmm. January 1st, the year 2000. So Three months after Kazakhstan. Yeah. Right? We had uh, scheduled a medical procedure. However, January 1st, the year 2000, everybody wants their baby to be a millennial baby. <laughs> 
born on the January 1st, year 2000. So that doctor was extremely busy that day (laughs) delivering babies, and he could not work us in for this procedure. So we kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Nope, sorry, he's in delivery, he's in delivery, he's in delivery. Nope, finally at 9 o'clock at night, we're sorry. We're not going to be able to get you in today. (laughs) And by then, we were going to have to wait um, a whole nother month for this procedure. So I, again, was so frustrated. (laughs) I was like, this is never going to happen. How is this going to happen? So we continued to pray. Just, Lord, what do you want us to do? Maybe this is a closed door. Maybe God does not want us to pursue medically, take any of these medical paths. So we, I just, we both just started praying again, God, what do you want us to do? And uh, over the next few weeks, I remember just hearing the words, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. And I, I said, I know that's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> so I went looking for it and I found it in Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. But in my Bible study, I've been also learning, don't just take a verse, read the context around it. So I went reading the context around it. And uh, above that, in verse 13, it says, I am still confident of this. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. So I said, that's awesome. I mean, it was like renewed. Okay, God, I'm going to wait for you, but wait. You have to tell Steve because I don't want to get in an argument over this about whether we should pursue medical or not. To me, it was saying, no, no more medical stuff. We're just going to wait for the Lord. But I was like, I don't want to get in an argument. So God, will you tell Steve? (laughs) So a couple days later. Yeah, I remember uh, it was a weekend and we had had, we were, this was a topic of conversation about, (laughs) you know, what's happening in our lives. And we both decided just to go off on our own and have some quiet time individually Kim hadn't shared anything about that verse or what the Lord was speaking to her. And I I needed to just have some time on my own with the Lord. And through no context other than me and the word and the Lord, God brought brought me to that chapter in Psalms and that passage, the same passage, Psalm 27, 13, and 14. And this is not a verse that I knew, not a verse that I was studying in some other Bible study or class. It just I felt like a verse the Lord just gave me and it kind of hit me over the head is that, you know, I am still confident in this. I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. And there's a, a promise in there about the goodness of the Lord. And there's a command about waiting. And I just felt like that was spoken as directly as I've ever heard the Lord speak to me. And what was powerful to me was that I felt like it was God's voice right from him. Um, couldn't be misunderstood as a friend encouraging me or a circumstantial event. It was just the word of the Lord. So I remember going downstairs and telling Kim, you know, here's what, here's what I've come across and here's what I think this means to us. And I didn't know it was the same verse that she had come across, you know, I don't know, a few days earlier. And what was your reaction? And I was like, of course. <laughs> of course you did it. No, I mean, we were it both, we were both in awe. We were, I mean, I was in awe, at least. I mean, there's, you know, thousands of verses in Scripture, and he, and he put this same verse, these same two verses in front of us. You went looking for the verse, and the verse found you. Yeah. 
That was that's interesting. Uh, you both get to the same point through different route. Where do you go next? Well, uh, yeah, I think when we're waiting, it's a sign that God has something better for us than we could ever ask or imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, that's what he kept saying. Wait, because I have something better. Wait, because I have something better. Wait, I have something better. And um, we didn't little known to uh, or we did not know that um, later. I guess probably a month later, we found out we were pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So it was like our waiting was over. <laughs> we couldn't, that we couldn't believe it was like, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, and then a number of weeks down the road, like 20 weeks later at our ultrasound, we're told we have twins. Yeah. We had no idea until 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. No, no, you had an idea, but it was in Kazakhstan with one boy yeah. and fit, one girl. Fit. Yeah, exactly. I was still thinking that was a misunderstood translator. But um, we, then we, started we, we discovered that God is going to give us a boy and a girl. And, um, you know, then we think about things like, at least I was thinking of things like those two outfits we received in Kazakhstan. You know... It's just incredible. Yeah, that how God was so faithful to walk with us through it, yeah. not never letting us give give up. Yeah, I mean, one of the verses I jotted down was First um, Corinthians two nine. What what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, no nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. So. To me, it's about clinging to God's promises, not resigning myself to what my eyes can see and my ears can hear, or what my heart or mind can imagine, but trusting in what God's prepared for us. And, um, you know, this side of the journey, it's, it, there's so many things that I can see where God was preparing us and, um, you know, just being good to us. How are the kids doing? Awesome. Yeah, they're doing they're doing great. It's um, they're fighting through you know the challenges of the, the COVID season like like all of us. But you know Nate hasn't been able to go to campus in near LA, but he's been home. And I was telling Kim on the drive over here what a blessing it's been to have Nate home. Um, he's studying business. I was a business major, and we have conversations we've never had before about things he's learning in school that he and I can talk about. And it's just been really good um, to have him around and share, you know, a new part of life with him. Watch him, you know, mature kind of in front of our eyes. Look forward to him going back to campus and when things normalize. You know, Brenna's thriving. She, basketball's her passion and her ministry. And and uh, God has her right where he wants her in Salt Lake City at University of Utah. And we're hearing great reports. I don't know if we'll be able to go to watch any games this year, mm-hmm. um, but we're hearing great reports. She's super involved in her church. Uh, she's taking teammates to church with her. Just this past weekend, uh, she took a girl from Spain and a girl from Australia and invited a girl from Poland. These are all teammates. So it was like kind of a reverse mission where all these girls end up in campus with her playing basketball and she's bringing them to church and uh, it's so fun to see how God has just poured out his love for those girls her teammates into Brenna's heart she just loves them how do the kids feel about the miracle that they are yeah they know they're a miracle 
um, one of the things I'm glad we did, I'm glad Kim did, I shouldn't say we, is she wrote a letter to the kids that told our story. I mean, beyond what you've even heard here, that um, she wrote it right when they were born. Actually, before June, Bef- before they were June born. of 2000. So they have it on paper. You know, the, the miraculous hand of God in their life, in our life. So they know they're a miracle. They are uh, fully aware of that. And, you know, how they feel about it. I think, you know, they're they're 20 years old and life moves fast and they're it's great, you know, and all. But underpinning it, they know that they are, that God is real, that God is powerful, that God is active, and that they have a purpose. Did you say that God is real? Yep. I think we've told them this story since they could, you mean, talk, (laughs) understand us. So I think they've always truly believed. Now, I I think that one of the obvious questions I could ask is, okay, there might be a couple out there or someone listening. It's like they're hoping for kids. Um, They may be going through a similar process, maybe completely different. Do you have any words of advice? I would say uh, don't despair. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, Paul says, I forget which verse, which book, but we are perplexed, but not despair. And um, I think it's okay to be perplexed. We were perplexed, mm-hmm. but God's a God of peace and a God of hope. And um, he longs, as it says in Isaiah, he longs to be gracious to you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy to say on this side of the journey, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And I would say our story is not your story. <laughs> I can't think of another couple that this has happened to in this way, but I can think of all kinds of couples that God has walked through this infertility journey with and has blessed them through it and whether it's through adoption whether it's through childlessness I think God whatever God is calling you to he will love you through it he will talk you through it just lean in and learn mm-hmm. how to listen to him and yeah. know that he loves you regardless yeah. of what his call is on your life yeah lean into relationship with mm-hmm. him and if the, and with each other how would you give someone advice on tackling prayer if they're not exactly sure how to pray? I'd say be very intentional. Uh, my prayer life has evolved. <laughs> right now it's more simple than it has ever been before. I just read God's word and listen and pray it back to him. And really that to me, it's fresh every day. It's like fresh bread every day. It's not boring, it's exciting to think about what he's bringing to my life for today. And then I just pray through the Lord's Prayer very slowly, listening and leaning into what he might want me to pray for myself and for others through it. So it's really very simple, but but very exciting and very fulfilling, I would say. We are all precious. We are all made in God's image. We are all gifts from God, family, friends. And it'll be interesting to see where your children go from here with the lives they have. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. This has been Hill Stories, originating at Chapel Hill Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. 
The opinions expressed are those of the participants for the edification of our listeners and do not necessarily reflect those of Chapel Hill leadership or the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of the United States. If you would like more information or to submit an idea for a future episode, our email address is hillstories at chapelhillpc.org. For everyone here at Chapel Hill, I'm David Wilson. Thank you and God bless.